Okay, so I want to talk about relationship for me. And I think that the things that shape me the most are my um, the way that my mind processes information, which I would describe as, um, as an ENTP type 7 Enneagram. Um, and among... Uh, so for people who understand what that means or people who don't, I will just briefly summarize and say that my my mind tends to um, go toward the uh, possibilities. It tends to actually kind of suppress the obvious or what's right in front of me in a real, real way. It tends to suppress the immediately like likely answers in a funny way or kind of like what the general accepted answers and and go to the uh go to the corner cases and uh, so if you give me kind of a generally accepted theory uh I tend to immediately find the holes in it uh and every theory has holes in it you know that's why they're called theories cuz they're approximations of reality that we you know over time we start to we we start to like we we kind of refine them until they become actual like laws or um, mathematical laws. So uh, theories are very powerful, and people like me are actually pretty good theorists because we're good at refining theories by finding the examples under which theories will fail. So, um, hmm, I tend to yeah. So I tend to be interested in failure points and interested in. Uh, the characteristics of ideas as reflected under failure and the characteristics of people as reflected at their their worst or under pressure or in stress or you know i just i just tend to be interested in the corner cases not the not the 80% of cases but the 20 um not the mainstream but the margins and um and I think that's Enneagram 7 in a lot of ways. Very interested in what's possible, what's out there. But the ENTP is a type, in a sense, that is actually kind of a subtype of the Enneagram 7 um, (laughs) that is more attuned to ideas than reality, more attuned to theory than than sensation, and more attuned to the mental, the extroversion that can occur inside your head. You know, thinking about ideas outside yourself, unrelated to yourself in a lot of ways, as opposed to the real world outside yourself. Um, so uh, there's an interesting paradox about the ENTP that they're like the least in tune with reality, and as a result, they're kind of the least in tune with their own sense of reality. And since the human sense of reality is a subjective sense of reality, the ENTP ends up being one of the most objective characters on the scene because they're out of touch with their own subjective reality and this can make them like simultaneously like it, when when people when people assume that you are subjective the ENTP can be very hard to predict because like for example the ENTP will make arguments that don't benefit themselves and people will try to figure out how is that argument benefiting him And then they'll misunderstand, not realizing that the argument doesn't benefit him. He was making the argument out of an interest in the argument, not out of self-preservation or benefit to the self. 
But then they might make the mistake of thinking the ENTP is not self-serving, which is not the case. Uh, they're just interested in the argument, first of all. So in, instead of, so if you think that, if you try to understand an ENTP in the context of what do they want, you won't understand them because you'll just assume that they want something, and that's not usually true. The ENTP is usually not, they don't want a lot. They're, they're driven instead by intrigue in, in problem and in error and in mystery and in how to find the answer to that. And then because they have to, like, feed themselves, they'll usually try to, like, hopefully get paid somehow for doing that or try to convince someone to bail them out because they weren't doing practical things or, you know... So more often than not, the ENTP serves the self by asking for favors or getting bailed out by people who think they're interesting or um, <laughs> people who are like, I want to keep that creature alive because that was interesting and fun to watch. Their entertainment value is high. And so they, they are, they're, so they're the court fool in a sense, right? They're like the, the jester. It's confusing to other people. Like, what is that jester doing? And because isn't the jester going to get killed if they keep insulting the king? And the answer is like sometimes. But the king also is kind of comfortable keeping a jester around because they they need that person there to play that role to to secretly give them truth when everyone else won't. Right. So that's the ENTP, and they're not giving truth because of some ethical like commitment to it they're giving truth because that's what they do and sometimes they're wrong about that but they're trying to get to this objective truth and um and it's they have an affinity for it it's not driven by ethics it's driven by shape like the shape of their mind is their mind gets very anxious in untruth. And so they have this affinity, the way like molecules have affinity one for another. They have an affinity for true things, that, that true ideas. That's the ENTP. And so they push up against false ideas, and that can get them in quote-unquote trouble. Um, and uh, I say that in quotes because it's like, that's, that trouble is itself an idea <laughs> that is not true. In fact, I saw this really wonderful comic online, this one-frame comic. has <laughs> a guy driving down the road. There's a very ENTP comic that a friend sent to me um, saying, hey, this kid's an ENTP comic. He says, I wish that when I was younger, I would have done a lot more bad things but I didn't know that trouble isn't a real thing <laughs> or something like that. Like the, he says, I didn't know that getting in trouble wasn't real. And, and it, that's, that's very much like an ENTP idea. You realize, oh, like <laughs> this whole idea of getting in trouble isn't even real. And so anyway, so ENTPs will get in trouble for things. Like if, so if you take that to the most in, incredibly far extent, you could say the court jester, the court fool, the guy that is insulting the king for the benefit of the king, and there's only kind of, there's only really one, there's not a lot of space for that role, but the king, the power structure doesn't want to get rid of him because he can get truth from him when he can't get it anywhere else, but he never has to acknowledge that the fool has insulted him because that's just what the fool does. A fool says stupid things. And in Shakespeare, you know, the fool says stupid things. 
and he's allowed to say stupid things, and he reveals truth, right? So there's space in a power structure for this. Um, So the ENDP at, at, at some point is going to get killed for saying a stupid thing. And when that happens, it's still like they're still not fundamentally in trouble because what, what the only thing that really is terrifying to the ENTP is prison, um, like a prison of their mind, being disallowed from thinking whatever they want to think. That's the only sort of form of torture that is unbearable. And so death doesn't really contain that because death is like an end of thought. And so, you know, you don't want when you're dead. So that's not really fundamentally a punishment. Um, Prison is probably a bad punishment for any ENTP. But even there, like, then you just have a, a whole group of crazy people or marginalized people or dangerous people that's very interesting in a lot of ways. It's, it might be frightening, but but it's interesting. Um, it's just a different power structure to live in as the fool, and and I suspect ENTPs do okay in prison, frankly, um, until they don't. You know, until they don't, right? But like, kind of like the court fool, like they might be able to get away with a lot more. Um, they might not have to be as allegiant to whatever group. They might have a free pass in a way because. That's just kind of what the ENTP does. They get away with everything. So, um, that's, um, that's the personality structure of my mind. That's how my head thinks. And, um, and it has its, uh, it's neither good nor bad, it just is, you know. It's not a strategy, it's just a, a way of being. It's kind of inescapable. And um, every once in a while I notice the horrible things about it, and I feel depressed and frustrated that I, and I start dreaming that maybe I could be different. And other times I'm stubborn, like this is the best, like everyone should love me and what's wrong with the world for not embracing and like why isn't this particular group recognizing that they need this court gesture in their group? Why do they not understand that? And they're going to fail without me, without me kind of revealing truth to them. They're going to go off the ledge and fail. And, you know, neither one of those is like really true. Like the truth is I'm not... God ordained to influence any particular group and ver- and just like in this affinity characteristic like this like a molecule like without a lot of intention I I drift and I like a like a protein I fit with certain molecules and so I'm a catalyst for certain things but it can be difficult to ascribe any of the things that occur in my life to will or to um or to like um structure or like intent it's usually more of a affinity like a protein being a catalyst the presence of one protein and one molecule resulting in statistically this event occurring that's kind of how the entp is 
so uh, <clears throat> it's also the case that probably the way I'm describing this is is actually I think I've done a good job of describing it. It's like the what my mind does is it draws on a bunch of different characteristics, a bunch of different spheres of knowledge that I'm informed of to describe any one thing. And so, like right now, I've described the ENTP in the context of uh, ideas I've heard about the ENTP from places that I've studied typology. Um, the court jester example comes directly from Stellar May's blogs, on which is a blog written... Just, it's just an internet blog that talks about different personality types and the, talks about the ENTP in the context of the, the court fool, the, the, the jester. I'm talking about affinities for truth in the context of molecular biology, which is something I know a lot about from studying biology um, and writing essays about... I've written essays about the intentionallessness of molecules and how they don't mean to do what they do and that can have such implications at our, at our level, you know, like when they function improperly and people die, things like that. I've written about that, and it's on my mind because I was talking about it recently. Um, and I'm thinking about um, the... I was thinking about the fool in Shakespeare who gives such wisdom because I've studied uh, a lot of Shakespeare, and I've written... Uh, I've studied and written essays on... Um, at a, at a, like at a almost graduate level on Hamlet and, and King Lear. And, but the, the fool I'm thinking of is in Hamlet. Um, so it's, you know, interesting. That's an, there's an interesting difference. The ENTP is the fool. They have to say what's true. It's different than Cordelia, who is the, I heard referenced as a, type 5 characteristic, uh, Enneagram type 5. Cordelia is more of the INTP or the INTJ. Cordelia in King Lear refuses to be, I'm going to use the word properly this time, a sycophant, a yes man, a yes woman. She refuses to pander to her father out of love for him. Out of sincere love, she refuses to take part in a ritual of praise. How much do you love me? Tell me how much you love me. And she says, I have nothing to say. And he says, nothing comes from nothing. And it launches this tragedy. His, his stubborn determination to have her play a role that she refuses to play. So that's, what she's doing is, um, is much more characteristic of like an INTJ or an INFJ. These types who have a deep sense of meaning and purpose and ethics driving them. Both the INTJ and the INFJ do. And they refuse to, have, to be compromised in that way. That's, there's more will there. There's more intent. There's more digging one's heels in and being willing to die for what they believe versus the... And, the, and that's, those are more characteristic of type 5 and type 4 on the Enneagram versus the ENTP, which is more type seven, not, it's not so much, the, the ENTP is willing to die or will accidentally die. <laughs> it's not so much a willingness to die, but an un, inability to prevent one's own death. It's more of a fool, it's more foolishness and more like childishness, recklessness.
less intentional stubbornness and more childish commitment to the art and the art of, of subversive thinking. You know how people say kids are creative and we beat it out of them through like formalized education or whatever, which by the way, I don't have any sense that that's really true. I think probably the human psyche grows less creative as it learns the rules of any society. I don't think that's a product of education, but the ENTP doesn't necessarily have that happen. Uh, They just, they, they just, so, so what is that? They, they learn to do, they learn to survive on whatever crumbs they can get, whatever they find, they, they float off like a molecule into a space where they fit and they get, and they get, they stay there until they get booted and they stay there until they get booted. They're just much more drifty in this way. So being that guy is, it just is. And I'm trying to get used to the isness of that. Um, it feels like, so, and so in a sense, it, it feels like I want to have more willpower. I want to be a product of my own will more. And but with clarity of mind, I just know I can't really be. <laughs> All I I'm just kind of at the mercy of the court. I'm always at the mercy of the court, and the mercy of the king, and that that's kind of the position of being an ENTP is you're at the mercy of power structures that you see and understand, and constantly subvert. You're just at their mercy all the time because you can't take them over. You can't, you actually can't really run it. You're just a critic. You're not a king. You're just the jester. You're not even a member of the court. You're always on the outside. You're never in the line of command. And when this kingdom falls to another kingdom... You might keep your job <laughs> while everyone else loses their head. You might not because you're always and never the same amount of threatening. You're always threatening and you're never threatening. You're not any more threatening to the next king than you are this king because things like loyalty, commitment, this Cordelian determination not to play the game, Those aren't what you're doing. That's not what you're up to. Yours is a drifting uh, molecular affinity for truth, an unavoidable, inescapable reaction with truth that is just as useful in the hands of the next king and just as unuseful. You're always some statistical probability away from losing your head, regardless of your actions. You're always some statistical probability away from homelessness. And you're always a very high probability away from enjoying your day. (laughs) And I think that's what I need to embrace and and realize, is that 
I like power. I like to watch it. I like to be close to it. Obviously, the court fool likes power. He's always in its face. He criticizes it. I don't give my time to things I don't care about. In fact, that's the best evidence that I care about you is that my energy and time are on you, you know? Um, even if it's critical, you, the characteristic of that energy and time, whether it's critical or not, doesn't really spell whether or not I love you or care for you. It's the presence of my energy on you that matters, that is an indicator of my, what I care about. So, I care about power. I care about the court. The, I care about the structure. I care about the king. I care about society in that way. But I'm... All I am is kind of a voice. I don't have arms. I don't have... But, but there's, so that's weird. So there's this incredible amount of influence, but only through unofficial channels. So I think that in a way, talking through this has helped me realize when I conceptualize the shape of this floating, drifting, molecular fool with an affinity for truth that's inescapable until he loses his head. That is just kind of my lot. That is the lot of the ENTP. That's the character that you are going to play. And you'll drift in ways that the power structure, those that are in the court, can't approximate. They can't get as close to the king. They can't survive the interactions with the king that that the fool can survive. They can't be honest with the king like the fool can. So that's the, that's the blessing of the seven, is this ability to be um, free. They have more freedom than anyone else in the court. But they also don't have a succession toward power, and they don't, they don't get to build a legacy really there's no legacy for the ENTP actually yeah um, they're more of a they're, they're more like a professional athlete than a business person at the end of the day you can't pass down your skill set to your children <laughs> so all they are is their skill set. All they are is their, their intellect and their mind. And they can't really build power. Um, and, they, and they're attracted to it. They're interested in it. They're interested in influence, but they can't really hold it. So, yeah, coming to grips with that could be really valuable for me. What it, what it really means is that I need to be close to power, honest with it, and not reach beyond where I'm asked to reach and then in a sense to demand payment for it like without and don't ask questions about why am I still alive why am I being kept around just demand to be kept alive until you're not just demand the money demand the rent demand what you need to to survive in whatever little company you're in or group you're in Tell people what you need and don't try to explain why you're valuable or 
don't try any don't don't try there's a weird non-tryness kind of like do what you're told except when you can't speak what's true you know but calibrate it like a fool who knows how to remain the fool and not get their head cut off so that's the that's like the ENTP type 7